Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life and I'm really excited for this episode today. So today I have one half of the amazing duo of Half Step Equestrian and I have Josh with me today. So hi Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Pleasure. Um, The other half is Ash, if you guys don't already know. So could you just explain where Ash is today? Yeah, he is currently on a fire call, so he's out saving people's lives, as he would 100% tell you if he was on this podcast, is that that's exactly what he does. So yeah, he's out saving people's lives, so unfortunately he can be here today. Well, we're going to have to give him a break then, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll let him off on that one. <laughs> um, so Josh, for any people that are listening who don't know who you and Ash are, would you mind just giving us, I know Ash can't tell us, but you obviously know him very well. So can yeah, you just yeah, give course, us a little introduction of like, who are you and what do you do and who is Ash and what does he do? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Josh Hill. I'm a professional dressage rider. Um, I've ridden since I was seven years old. Um, and then when I was 20, well, 22 or 23, I ended up setting up a male equestrian clothing company with my best friend who is Ash um, called Half Step uh, Performance. Um, so on Ash's behalf, uh, he is was completely non-horsey and then we reconnected in the gym when we were probably 21 22 we wanted to do something with our lives uh, so I came to him with a proposal of half step something that I thought about doing since I was about 18 years old uh, he loved the idea and very very quickly um, got into the equestrian industry and now he has uh girlfriend called charlie seymour who's a uh, show jumper so he is now very very much part of this equestrian industry bless it so how did you guys become friends originally did you go to school together or was it just where you're yeah. from uh yeah so we went to school together um and i to be honest it goes actually before even before school um secondary school where we connected is my cousin was really good friends with him so sometime when we were probably like five or six years old we would have been at my grandma's together at little gatherings that she used to have. Um, but yeah, when we really connected was playing rugby for our school together. Um, in year nine, Ash, uh, he's, he was an actor. He then left to go to the Brit school. Um, and then I continued with my riding career. So we went our separate ways. Um, we weren't like best friends at school. Um, and yeah, like I said, we just sort of reconnected in our, our hometown gym and, yeah just ever since then sort of been inseparable oh that's amazing it's great yeah, that you yeah. you guys want to um work together as well as best friends because obviously i, I mm. can imagine like especially when you're starting a business from scratch and promoting it and marketing and everything else sometimes mm. it can strain the relationship or it can make it stronger can't it yeah completely and I, but i think we are very lucky that we're both so open and honest with each other we also know each other's strengths massively, which helps. So I know what I'm good at. He knows what he's good at. And it just sort of works really well. Of course, yeah. we have our differences. and we, But at the same time, we understand that no matter, it, I might not agree with Ash, but I know what he is trying to tell me is coming from yeah. the best place because he wants the best for me and mm-hmm. also the company. So. Yeah, and um, I wanted to sort of go back to, like, obviously you and your sort of journey with horses. So... 
Obviously, okay. so you started at seven. So was it something you yeah. always wanted to do or was it just something you tried and you just fell in love with it? Um, so my family like had a long history of being involved with horses. So I did grow up around them. But it wasn't until we moved, uh, well, we moved to where I am now, uh, that next door to where we lived, there were two little Shetlands. And then I just basically got shoved on a Shetland when I was like seven years old <laughs> and um, sort of fell in love with it. Um, and then I, I think probably the following Christmas, Santa Claus uh, put a little pony in my uh, back garden in Preston Tinsel. So, oh, um, how cute. Every yeah, kid's dream. <laughs> Every yeah, kid's exactly. dream. Yeah, 100%. So I was very lucky that Santa bought me a pony, um, which had been with us. But I, my aunt is Justine Dutton, who's based out in Orlando, Florida. Uh, she's competed on Nation Cup teams for Great Britain and she produces horses and brings, imports them from the UK and sells them out in America. So we had this pony at mine and um, I was told that she was going out to Justine, which was quite normal for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, little did I know that she was going to be end up being my horse. Oh, and do you still yeah. have that pony or did it move on to someone else when you got uh, bigger? Or Yeah, so um, I ended up doing a lot of showing with her. Um, so... I then probably when I was like 11 years old, she was then sold and then she went off and she's been with loads, lots of young show riders. Um, and yeah, she's been a fantastic little pony for, uh, for them to learn on. Oh, brilliant. And um, so let's talk about like where you're at now. Um, like on yeah. your social media, you obviously show a lot of like you and your horse and stuff. Could you just tell us more about your horse or your horses? Yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> Uh, since Half Step has started, um, I've had to back off my riding to try and balance starting up a new business. So previously I had six horses in and they were all owned by owners. But now I ha just have the one horse, uh, Bailey, um, who I've out-competing at Pre-St. George. Um, and yeah, very lucky. I, I rode him for an owner um probably started riding him about five years ago when he was just at novice and then he came up for sale about a year and a half ago now so i was luckily i was in a position where i could was able to buy him um because i just had a really just sort of amazing partnership with him and he is an absolutely stunning horse so yeah i was very very lucky to have the opportunity to buy him and yeah just he is yeah, he's just awesome. He's a really, really cool horse. Whether or not I'll be able to get him to Grand Prix, I'm not sure. Because uh, he doesn't have the best hind leg in the world. He's quite long on his back. But, yeah, for me, at this moment in time, he's brilliant. It's just trying to manage what we're doing with Half Step and other things that I have currently going in my life. Mm. And trying to compete professionally and ride professionally and be uh, riding for owners five, six times a week. It just doesn't work, unfortunately. So I had to make the decision that I really wanted to invest myself into half a step uh, mm. with riding. Thankfully, there's no sort of age limit, so I can always come back to it properly when I want to. Yeah. Um. But when we are going away to represent half step for at trade shows like Windsor and London International for five six days, I'm not able to ride. So uh, mm. it, that's during peak show season. So. Yeah, just um yeah just had a different sort of purpose right now with um with half step really 
And I think with when you're starting a business, anyone that anyone for any form of business um, at the beginning, you all have to make sacrifices to, you know, get it off the ground, get it promoted um, and things. So sometimes you do have to take a step back from one thing to move forward. Um, yep. So, yeah. So uh, but you're like on your social media Bailey does have, a, I think he's got like a gorgeous presence and he's like quite stunning yeah. looking, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, I'm very lucky. He's absolutely, he's a gorgeous boy. He's, um, yeah, he, he is a very, very talented horse. So it's nice because probably for the next maybe year or so, he'll probably have a quiet time being picked over by myself and a mm. girl that rides him called Ella when I'm not about, um, just because then it keeps him fit and stuff. So yeah. he'll probably have a quieter period of time because yeah like I say the Premier League's clash when I'm away with half step um, and then hopefully in that, that position where I can sort of get back to concentrate on my riding and be able to do it properly because for me I'm so I have to do it properly or I don't bother at all so yeah. I'm just it's nice for me for the first time in about 10 years now since I started riding for owners to actually enjoy my riding again rather have than have the um stress and pressure of trying to achieve and improve every single day um with with owners yeah absolutely um what i wanted to talk about is ash's um interpretation and his characters that he presents on social media because that's obviously his um, observations that he's come across maybe like obviously been hanging around with you and obviously now with charlie and things like that and um how do how do you (laughs) i think they're really really funny some people might find them like but i think they're absolutely hilarious but like how does he come with like these like ideas does he literally like find like a show mom or something else and he just literally goes right that's exactly what I'm gonna do is my next content um so I think it's a real mixture like I think we probably had like throughout our time when we've done social media we've both had like mental blocks in what like content we want to produce and me and Ash actually had a conversation maybe six months ago before we actually started producing this type of content and like I said him being an actor I was like mate that's straight up your street and there was yeah. a couple of uh, people that we watch, not horsey, but do sort of um similar type of like minute long vloggy videos. And yeah. I was like, you could so could do that. And then basically he just sort of invested in doing that. And one thing led to another in regards to it. And like you say, sort of, just sort of things that he came across, ideas that he comes up with himself. Charlie will put in her ideas. I now and again go, look, I think this will be a really cool thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, that's that's how it all sort of started, and now like um, when we're away up at uh competitions or trade shows, working with half step, he is yeah constantly getting recognised for uh, wearing a wig. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh it, it's interesting. I don't think either of us thought our lives would end up going in the direction that it has, especially yeah. him. Uh, bear in mind, four years ago, he probably hadn't even seen a horse. Um, but yeah, no, it's fantastic. He's bringing humour to an industry that probably comes across quite serious at times yeah and also I think the brilliant thing with content that he does is anyone can watch it and find it funny you don't have to be horsey so you're actually making something that is quite uh stereotypically probably a lot of people think it's like for the rich people he is bringing a completely different demographic of yeah people into this industry by the content that he is producing oh 100 percent, 100 percent. and the thing is as well like 
I, I, don't, I don't know, because if you think about like the general equestrian person, obviously I know there's like the, you know, the, um, you know, top, top show jumpers and dressage riders and everything like that that do have money and stuff like that. But as a general, the everyday equestrian, they literally probably don't have like two pennies to rub together because all they do is yeah, spend it no, on their horse. <laughs> that is the, that, I think that's the most ironic thing about it, isn't it? You have the stereotype that horses people are rich and you're like, no, we're not. We spend all our money on our freaking horses. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I didn't have a horse, I would be rich. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly that. Um, so let's talk about half step then. So obviously, yep. um, you mentioned earlier, it's obviously an idea you you come you've been thinking about, and then obviously you had Ash come on board and that. And obviously, being a male in the equestrian industry and clothing, I can imagine only because I'm a female and obviously I see female clothes all the time, but there doesn't yeah. seem to be many options for guys, stylish yeah. equestrian clothing wear. Would that be fair yeah. to say? Oh, 100%. That's the whole reason I started half step. Um, I think being a teenage lad in state education and the type of clothing that was available for guys 10 years ago, um, uh, it was embarrassing for me to be seen in public wearing it. Yeah. So, that stuck with me throughout my uh, teenage years. Uh, even into like when I was like 18, 19 and I was freelance riding for people. I hate getting out of petrol station in my skinny tight jumpers and in my riding boots. I hated it because you get stared at. You, you, I just never felt comfortable wearing that type of clothing. So mm. it stuck to me. I then had a nasty fall when I was 20, which made me realise that maybe I can't keep riding all these naughty horses, which is what I, I did a lot of. Mm. Um, and then that's where the idea of half step came up with because it was something that I struggled with um, and I, I, that's where the idea came from if it wasn't from that fall um, I wouldn't have come up with this idea Yeah. Um, but yeah it, the whole concept is just cool clothing for guys so that you can get off a horse and go into town and get your hair cut you're not going to get funny looks from people well, this is it. I mean, from obviously, um, I'm just talking about people who may not have seen your clothing and stuff, but um, it is something like as a female, when we have like riding leggings and stuff like that, and they're quite stylish, you can go straight to the gym or you can go from the gym to the yard or you can go, yeah. like, say, you can go into town and you don't feel yeah. like you have to constantly change because it's, um, it, you know, it's interchangeable to whatever activity you're yeah, doing. Yeah, so. exactly. It's suitable for any environment, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you're absolutely fine. So that was the whole concept was trying to create something that you could ride in, but you could also wear in the street. And for me, uh, I truly believe we sort of hit the nail on the head with what we did with um, creating the breaches that we did. Yeah. And um, and I think as well, because like you and Ash just are young guys and you, you know, yep. you are, even though you, like you know ash is like say an actor in the comedian side of it and obviously you're the equestrian to look up to but you obviously bring those dynamics that are relatable to any guy in the in, in, yeah. any, in, in any industry but obviously you're targeting yeah. more at the equestrian industry um yeah. but you're provide you're becoming role models for any guys to say do you know what it's cool like horse riding is cool and you don't have to wear horrible jumpers. You like you can wear nice breeches. You can have a nice jersey top on, or um, and go to the gym and whatever. And and it's it's great that you guys are so, having sort of like the starting block on um, male role models for 
young kids that are probably looking yeah. that have got no one to look up to really apart from like massive international like riders which for a, when you're that age seems really unachievable yeah and slightly unrealistic as well yeah. and um unfortunately a lot of these top international riders um the new generation there they've got sponsorship bills they aren't going to be uh truly who they are as people uh on yeah. camera and be whereas with me and act we kind of uh, uh say what we think um yeah. <laughs> let's get some interesting reactions at times but we are like we were a heart on our sleeves sort of type of people so yeah and we've been very fortunate with some of the young lads that we've come across to be able to talk to them because it's such a massive thing that we have found is the amount of young lads that struggle with bullying through secondary school which is obviously something i can completely to. understand because i yeah. yeah relate to sorry that's the correct word relate <laughs> to because that's what i went through um when i was riding because it's not seen as a cool thing to do um so the whole premise of what we do is trying to promote the fact yeah like i never saw a guy with tattoos riding horses um or someone that actually gymmed as well riding yeah. horses so when i was doing when i was a dressage rider at 14 years old i didn't feel that i could relate to any other of a dressage rider um and i really struggled with not having uh being able to fit in because obviously i didn't fit in at school because i rode mm. horses mm. but when i went and rode horses and i was in the dressage industry which is quite posh mm. and uh the way that you speak and everything was completely different i, I really struggled i didn't know i didn't like fit in anywhere so uh, uh with the whole premise of half step is trying to be a uh, as inclusive as possible for guys within the industry because it's probably the, one of the only parts in society where men are sort of at the bottom of it yeah absolutely and can you tell us like what um products you have at um half step what products can yeah. um, people buy from the website yeah so it's been a massive learn like learning curve for us because obviously we didn't study fashion i'm a dressage rider and actual actor so currently <laughs> we've got um the two products that we truly believe in which is our breeches which is basically uh we take an inspiration from like track seat bottoms we combine them with a material that you can ride in that is durable as well because mm -hmm. my jumpers would i'd hit the fet school fence and they'd rip yeah. so our breeches that we've created are made from a, a scuba material so not only are they shower proof they are very stretchy and durable which for guys is kind of what you want um when you're riding uh, uh, and then we've got our quarter zip tops, which are um, very, they've got like branding over the top. So it's quite straight wear vibe that we've gone for with it. Mm. And you can wear that like we have people, I wear it in the gym, people wear it playing rugby. So mm. for the young lads who mums don't want to buy them five different wardrobes to like ride horses and then go play rugby, this top they can do whatever in. They can go out in it because it looks smart with a pair of jeans, but you can ride in it and uh, go play rugby in it and that was like, that's the whole premise of it is trying to be like I say as inclusive as possible and all our clothing to be like utilized that you can do whatever you need to in it yeah absolutely and is there like any in the future do you find that you, or do you think you're going to be adding to the lines at all yeah completely we're currently working on our competition wear um that is again like honestly it's been probably the hardest thing that i've ever done trying mm. to get this uh create these breaches that we want to um yeah. because with everything that we do we're not, we're not out here copying people we're, we're producing something that no one else has done before yeah um so it takes a long time um 
it's probably why I'm stressed today because <laughs> uh, we're just, just just trying to sort things out and everything like that regarding it and learning about different fabrics and yeah, like I say, trying to make them as comfortable as possible. So that is what we're currently working on right now is the, is our competition line. And then, yeah, it will be just slowly expanding it. Like this, the end of last year for London International, we dropped, dropped sorry, our junior range, which starts at age three to four and goes up to nine to ten because, again, there was nothing for young kids either. Yeah. Um, unless it was pink or purple and had diamonds on it, which yeah. not many young boys actually want on their no, own stuff. definitely so, not. <laughs> um, so for us, that, that was what we did last year. And this year, our main focus is getting our competition wear out. Because, again, like what is on the market, I... I had to buy a pair last year and I think it cost me £180 for just a, a decent pair of breeches. Um, and that is just, I, I truly believe that's wrong on so many levels because yeah. firstly, I actually know how, how much it actually create, like cost to create yeah. a pair of breech. And secondly, like not everyone has that money. No. Like, it's just like, no wonder it's like lads don't continue riding is because yeah. it's so expensive whereas a woman probably can get a pair of nice competition brooches for maybe 70 pounds quite easily and yeah. even cheaper at times whereas for guys it is just so much more expensive and there's such limited stuff available for them as well yeah and just no choice at all is it it's literally just no. go with what what's available and you just have to go with yeah. what what that is yeah we we see it all the time when we're away at um, trade shows like uh people come to us and be like there's nothing else here for guys they might be on like a uh um like area are stocked in one of the um uh oh, what they called uh saddle oh god i can't even remember what they're called saddle places um tax shop, tax shop. Tax shop <laughs> got there in the end oh, it's been a long day in the tax shops there might be area and you might have four items for lads in there but the rest everything else in that and that tap room is all women's wear. Um, yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, things hopefully, with what we're trying to do, is trying to make everything more accessible for guys and also try and make guys feel like they they are part of something as well because yeah. it can be extremely isolating this sport um, for guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well done to you and Ash. And like, I think you guys have really, how you sort of promoted it, how you marketed it, especially at the beginning. Because I feel like I followed you guys from, well, I feel like it was from the very beginning. I remember your <laughs> sort of marketing campaign, like right at the very beginning and sort of yeah. really building up like the launch oh, and everything. You. And like your video content that you did with like all the... um Oh, with all everyone wearing the items with the smoke in the background and everything, it just looks yeah. so cool and so like yeah. it just it just looked yeah. amazing. So yeah, well no, we we're very, we were very lucky. We worked with uh, one of our shareholders, Nick uh, Rosendale, who is Events for a Lens. So we're very lucky with the content that we're able to get is amazing. Mm. Um, and yeah, for us, it was trying to do something extremely different, like quirky. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I definitely know that we did. Yeah. Um, we definitely got some inter interesting reactions from it but that was part of what we wanted to do unless you're getting a reaction you're not doing something so um that is the whole premise of the way that we market it is being very, very different with everything that we do and try and be as a uh, leading like pushing everything forward and bringing what is quite an updated industry into the present really yeah a hundred percent and um so for 2023 could you tell yep. me 
what are your sort of personal goals? What are sort of Ash's goals, if you know what they are, and um, Half Step's goals? Yeah, okay. I think for both myself and Ash, a lot of what we're trying to work on is probably a lot of personal development in ourselves. Mm. Um, trying to just bring ourselves into a position where we can financially afford to move out from our our mum and dad's. Uh, that is yeah. a big thing for both of us. Uh, um, and yeah, just continue growing and learning as people, becoming better each day. Um, and yeah, so it's like I say, it's probably like very cliche things that, uh, but we are sort of there holding each other accountable for what we're trying to do, really. Mm. Um, and in regards to half step, it's definitely is just trying to promote it as much as possible. Uh, be there for the young lads. We have, like I mentioned earlier on, a lot of young lads coming to us regarding being bullied in secondary school and, uh, it's great that they can come and talk to us about it um, because they feel probably at ease that it's a lot easier to talk to me and Ash mm. about it uh, than maybe the mum and dad because a lot of the times the mum and dad haven't actually heard about this yeah. before. Um, so for us as well, it's trying to... The Half Step started as a clothing brand, but it's become so much more, so it's trying to... Yeah grow the brand but also there be there to support these young lads and keep them within the sport um i we were up at london international on the uh live zone and i did say i think the federations in, need to do more uh to support them because it's not like one in five lads it's maybe four and five lads are are, are, are struggling and Absolutely. there was a young lad in denmark that went viral uh because he was about to give up because of the bullying he was receiving. And in Denmark now, they actually have certain days for boys who are like within the industry and suffering with bullying and workshops for it. So yeah. I'm not saying yeah. Half Step can do that, but whether we can try and push things in the right direction and the right people see it, that we could do something like that, that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mental health as a general is a, is a, is a massive subject anyway, yeah. um, especially yeah. with guys. It's like... Yeah. This is, the statistics for guys is shocking, absolutely shocking how much, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, what the end consequences are because of it. Um, yeah. it, it it's really, it's really sad, really. So yeah. if you guys can just try and make a small difference, even if you help five people or something, obviously it's going to be a lot more than that. But do you know what I mean? If you can just help yeah, no, a handful completely. of people, it, it's, it's, yeah. you've achieved so much more. Yeah, 100%. And that is like so much of it is about about that, really. It is, um, like I say, when we initially started Half Step, we didn't think it would end up being what it now is, which mm. has been amazing. Mm. Um, but obviously with that comes a lot of pressure um, yeah. because we are seen as two people in the industry that are extremely different, are uh, looks up to. We now have responsibilities that we didn't once have. Um, yeah um so yeah it's amazing to be in that position but it is also a lot of responsibility for both of us um mm. and we weren't trained to be in a position where we're dealing with the followers that we have or mm. a position like that so um it does become very difficult and i think that's why we try and be as open and honest as possible because if you put up this fake charade that a lot of influencers do you'll get caught out at one point yeah and we see we see it through all the time me and Ash have done it together and thankfully 
because we've been together, we are able to witness like these influencers that are out there just coming to say hello to you because you've got followers and you're like, oh, you wouldn't say hello to us if you didn't. We didn't have followers. It's just a load of fake rubbish. And um, yeah. yeah, it's um, been a massive learning curve, definitely. Oh, amazing. Okay, so I kind of now, I've, I mean, I feel we've covered a lot so far, but I kind of <laughs> offer this sort of part of the podcast. It's like an open space for you to literally... Uh, you can talk about anything you want. You can promote about okay. something. If you want to talk about something that you feel like we might not have covered at the minute, this is like your open okay. space to talk about whatever you want. Okay, amazing. I will probably start with something slightly different. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got to, obviously. Uh, so we, both myself and Ash, truly believe that not enough is done for riding schools. Um, it's the foundation of the sport. Not enough is done to promote them. Uh, they get overlooked by every federation because no, no one takes any responsibility. Mm. Um, so I think we as individuals probably, I like obviously I, I, I personally didn't go to a riding school. I've never been around one. Uh, luckily in the last couple of years, I've come across some inner city riding schools and heard about the amazing work that they do with uh children from different backgrounds difficult backgrounds and the amazing effect that it can have again for people within the community so if you've got local riding schools around you try and support them as much as possible because unfortunately if the bottom part of the sport falls off then so will the top mm. yeah absolutely and um yeah i think you're totally right as well i think people I don't know how to sort of word it, but I think people think riding schools are just like these like kick, well, to be fair, a lot of them are, but like you have these yeah. kick along ponies with like little kids yeah. on them and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's it's therapy, isn't it? Like it's yeah, therapy exactly. for some kids. 100%. And like I think people don't realise it's not actually about the riding. It's about no. what the right, being around the horses and it? it brings them. It yeah. teaches them hard work. It teaches them social skills. It teaches them so many different things that they probably wouldn't be able to access in any other part of their life yeah. uh, and some normality as well um, because a lot of these kids come from difficult uh, difficult backgrounds sorry and mm. um, so yeah we truly believe that more needs to be done obviously you have the Everly Riding School they're very, very li lucky they're supported by Nike so that's mm. uh, very lucky that they're supported by a top brand so they're very well yeah. looked after but you've got some of these rundown inner city riding schools that we've been lucky enough to go to go to and meet the people behind the scenes and see the hard work they're putting into it and um it's just the lack of funding behind it obviously in sort of in europe a lot of the riding schools are funded by the government over here they're not so yeah. people are really working on shoestrings to try and keep this going and i think it will be massively well unfortunately some have gone out of business and during covid but it'll be so unfortunate if we lose more riding schools yeah i mean i work at um i teach at a local riding school two days a week um mm. and like you mentioned there during covid um there's probably four or five riding schools late like in the surrounding areas that closed down um yeah. we yeah. lucky enough managed to pull through to the other side but yeah. you know it just showed that how like you say how tight the budget is and yeah. when you don't have incomes coming in it's it's gone just like that completely completely very but sad unfortunately, yeah it is it is it is so sad and like they're not going to affect to you the people in the community that are going to miss out on for that you, you just don't know the consequences of that because there's five or six kids that might have been going there that 
the horses would have changed their lives yeah because you hear stories about how it does especially for kids that are like come from the inner city that, that maybe that is the, the only way out of where they are in the way of normality that they're that they that they're able to access um so yeah we're massive believers in that we try and any time that we have a platform to be able to speak we try and talk about it as much as possible and we're not in a position where we can do anything but again if we're talking about it at least we're drawing attention to it yeah and bringing awareness 100 yeah. percent. um okay right i finish off the podcast with some quick fire questions so okay gen- generally are you a night in or a night out person i i'm now a night in person and it pains <laughs> me to say that <laughs> I haven't found one person that wants to go out on my podcast yet. Everyone is staying in. <laughs> you asked me that five years ago. It would have been a night out person, but now, night in. Um, tea, tea or coffee? Coffee. Uh, sweet or savoury? Savoury. Uh, book or film? Film. And is there any sort of films that you've seen recently or do you have a favourite film? Uh, I love Legends, the the film about the Cray Twins. Oh or yeah, Wolf that's good. Wall Street, or yeah. Wolf of Wall Street is an amazing as well. So they're probably like they're they're my top two films. Good, good choices, good chances. Okay, yeah. and lastly, where can we find you on your socials and stuff? Like obviously, like you and Josh and Half Step, um, okay, you and Ash. So, sorry, and Half Step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so mine is Josh Hill underscore official. Uh, Ash is. I'm sure he did this to take the mickey out of me. So I'm sure his is now Ash House underscore official. I'm adamant is. I could be completely wrong. It's right, let me, I'll quickly check official. now for you. <laughs> yeah, Ash House underscore official. Amazing. Uh, so that is our Instagram handles. And then uh, the half step handle is half step performance. Lovely. And on you. All social medias. And that's on your website, just half step. Yeah, www.halfstepperformance.com. Excellent. Well, Amazing. thank you so much, Josh. I loved this conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me and, you know, tell us all about you, Ash, Half Step and everything else that you're doing. You're just bringing an amazing energy to the equestrian industry. So thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as always, guys, if you love this episode, please tag us all in. We'd love to know that you're listening. Screen share and um, screenshot and share and stories. We'd love to know. And I'll speak to you all on the next episode. If you listen to this episode, I really hope you enjoyed it as I did making it. If you um, like to follow me on socials, my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook, Cobbs Equine Services. Um, if you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um episodes to other people and I will speak to you all on the next episode.